Hello, welcome to Sportscast Podcast. This week we'll be looking at every level of English football, an update into the Rugby Union World Cup, little bit of cricket and boxing, but we're going to start with an update on USA versus Europe in the Ryder Cup. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Good. Recovered from a week of COVID hell, which should have been the prime opportunity to watch plenty of sports. However, I've had to work. (laughs) Have you caught much then? That's the main thing. Apart from COVID, have you caught much in terms (laughs) of sport? Uh, I caught a few few bits of football, a uh, couple, not much, not much rugby world cup. I'll be honest, but then uh, obviously the Ryder Cup's been on, which has uh, I've seen little bits and bobs of. I'm sure you have watched probably most of it. Yeah, I've watched most of everything. I'm afraid. Do you want to start with the Ryder Cup? Yeah, a very. Let, 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 let's go back to Friday. You know, let's start there. Um... Very good um, opening. So the format, obviously, they do they do four four some in the morning, four ball in the afternoon. Same again Saturday singles on a Sunday. They were four nil up after the four sums, and then they won the four ball two and a half, one and a half. So the half is when they're tied after eighteen holes. Finished six and a half to one and a half. Austria, the USA actually failed to win a match. So their one and a half came off three tied games. Yeah. Saturday finished ten and a half, five and a half. So it was a five five point game going into the Sunday, which is the most well, no teams ever came back from five. That you had the miracle of Medina a few years ago where Europe came back from four. But um they started brightly today, but then at one point the final six games was all USA and um, looked very precarious in all honesty. The, uh, you know, it looked like they were going to come back and they were going to, you know, Victor Hovland won the first point of the day kind of thing. And, you know, Europe only need to get to 14 and a half, but it it went a bit iffy. There were were sort of three or four games before the end where USA was leading and, and Europe looked in a bit of trouble, but, I think uh, things started to come through properly, and then we did see a European win with Tommy Fleetwood sinking what would be the the not the final but the winning pot because there were still games going on. So Europe won sixteen and a half to eleven and a half, which they got battered last time out. So um, yeah, home advantage always plays a massive massive part, but um, yeah, quite quite convincingly in the end. Um, Good, good sort of show back on the, you know, on the uh, for the USA to come back into it, but thankfully, yeah, Europe came out winners. It was fantastic, and it's uh, the the atmosphere. I know it's obviously a home advantage, but the atmosphere on both sides was was great. I know it's not 
kind of the same atmosphere as the Lev where we're throwing pints about. But yeah. the the banter and the chants and the atmosphere and just the general general it's like a every two years the Ryder Cup, isn't it? It's like yeah. a like a homecoming event really. Yeah. Um, it, although we've it, three years since the last COVID one, but whatever. It's yeah, it's it is brilliant. Um yeah, it's it's nice to see. It is nice to see. Um there's been a little bit go on off the course where well, he started on the course but then came off the course. Have you seen Rory McElroy's Yeah, it's, yeah, Rory McElroy with a caddy in the car park or something daft. So yeah, he started on one of the greens. So Patrick Cantley's caddy uh, apparently in celebration walked across Rory's line when he was iron up a putt and then he kept um almost like tipping his hat, taking his hat off his head. And uh it basically they're not paid to be at the Ryder Cup, these players. So Patrick Cantley wasn't wearing a hat. Apparently it was in not protest, but because he's not being paid, he's not being told what to do kind of thing. Yeah. Um and it was just a bit bit of a piss take and, and, and then Rory sort of like says it and walks over to his ball and the and the caddy sort of carries it on and carries it on. And I think something was then said in the car park and that's where it did get a little bit get a little bit larry and Shane Larry had to step in and, and separate them, but I don't, know, I don't know how far it had gone, but it seemed a bit of a piss take in all honesty. Just piss in the wind. Yeah. But all good, all good for European. And I think I think, you know, Rory played well. Tommy Fleetwood's been good this year. Matt Fitzpatrick's been good. Victor Hovland's probably been for me the player of the season. John Rahm's John Rahm, he's, he's been there or thereabouts. So it's been a you know, it was a very strong European team. Big weekend of football. I say big weekend of football. It's an interesting week of football. Um, Liverpool have sold a small stake of their club. So you've got, um, I think it's F- Fenway Park Service Group, the the the, the team that they like the main owners. They've yeah, sold, they've sold a stake to a company called Dynasty, which is a New York-based equity firm. Only been going like eighteen months. This this firm, I think, there's former players with a bit of, uh, you know, sort of some some big investors that have uh, come in to buy Liverpool. I think they paid about hundred and something million into it. So. Yeah, yeah, quite. A it's big. Really, it's really interesting. Like the, the, we could probably talk for hours on on the. The controversiality of having kind of private equity owning outright certain football teams or having certain shakes or uh, shares or voting power on certain yeah. on the boards of certain football teams. Football is a well, it, it was a sport, it, it's now very politicized and it's now very kind of business. money oriented and business driven. Yeah, but for me, like you only have to see kind of uh, uh, Rexham and and like I know Roman Abramovich was kind of forced, or, or or he wanted to sell the club to to do whatever he was doing in Ukraine and stuff like that. But like the passion that's gone into owner, um, supporter owners, if you know what I mean, in the past, it far outweighs from a fan point of view um, the benefit of having a fan owner rather than having a private equity firm. So, so you, I know you you follow football, but. Lower, lower, lower down is Scunthorpe United that have been back to back relegated from League Two and they're now in the Conference North. Mm-hmm. They have this; they've got they they're going through a torrid time at the minute, and their owner has sort of been 
through his private Facebook, been getting involved with fans in little forums, kicking off on Facebook towards fans and stuff. You know, multimillionaire getting involved in these kind of things. Yeah, and he's he's pulled all funding out of the club. Um, no one got paid on th- Friday. You know, th- oh wow! Okay. Like and and they they set up a GoFundMe page, and by the you know by yesterday dinner time they had forty five grand in there, which for a club of that stature, you know, it's it's going to pay everyone for the month kind of thing. But he's he's just like fell out with the fans, so he's like, right, well then you're not, you know, the now there's a lot of complications over who owns the ground and it things like this. So now they played at their ground yesterday. They lost unfortunately to Buxton three 0 but they um. They're, they're now got to go play at Gainsborough Trinity for the remainder of the season because um, they're not allowed to play at the, the ground because he's not funding it. So, yeah. yeah, you know, if you and then people sort of, a couple of people have gone, oh, Rex, and you know, they, they were fine to get promoted, they've got that money. And it's like, if you want that, you know, that for, 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 for all for all said and done, Ryan and Rob are at the games, they go into Rex and they. You know, they go around the changing rooms with the players. They see some of the, you know, the main fans. If you watch the documentary, there's like um, a following of like younger disabled people that they've done a lot for. And, you know, people, you know, they come in there with that money at that level. Good. Yeah. What, Whereas what in, in contrast, in contrast, private equity, obviously, it is about the, it is about the turnover. It is about the finance. It is about the profit. And 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 I, I don't know whether contractually that they've got to invest a certain amount back into the club or they've got to do this for the fans or they've got to do that for the fans. And I know they have fans groups and stuff, but it, it seems very HR-y and it seems very like we have to do this just to tick a box. But actually, we're gonna buy whoever yeah. and and we're gonna we're gonna buy Liverpool and we're gonna pump fifty million pound in, but we're gonna have a return on investment and blah 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 blah. Do, do you know what yeah. I mean? Like you want passion from a sport and. Secretly, that's why I kind of, I I'm happier that that a shake bought Newcastle, and I'm hoping Jim Radcliffe does buy Man United over another shake. But even so, like passion of football over private equity and and yes. business and HRE bullshit for me. Completely agree. So for Liverpool on the pitch this weekend, saw quite probably the worst refereeing decisions all season. Yeah, seen this. They lost two one to Spurs in the ninety seventh minute. Um, Own goal. I know, yeah, quite quite a belter as well. It was. I, I, it. Yeah, the, 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 so they had an, they had an early red card, which I think was a red card. He he slipped, his foot's gone over the ball, and into Bissouma. And the fact people are, that's not a red because he slipped and went over the ball. But if you're slipping and going over the ball, you're not in control. Therefore, it's reckless. Therefore, it's yeah. a red. Agree. He, the Jota red card, the first yellow wasn't a yellow, so that was a bit harsh. And then you had the goal that was chalked off. Have you seen this? Yeah, the um, VAR offside rule thing. Yeah, they never they never drew the lines. Yeah. So apparently, um, the VAR thought the on-field decision was offside. So they turned around and said... Yep, stick with your on-field decision. Not realising that the on-field decision... No, sorry. The on-field decision was goal, and then the linesman raised his flag. So they thought the referee had given the offside, not goal. So they said said stick with your on-field decision, thinking they'd given the goal, 
but because the linesman had had his flag up, the referee had given the offside. Yeah. So, he, so the referee stuck with his on-field decision, which was the offside. I think yeah. that's where the issues come from. But either yeah. way, absolutely terrible officiating. Yes. Speaking of Liverpool, just before we move on to uh, any other results that you've got for us, I know you like to talk about some of the lower leagues. Yeah. Um, Jordan Henderson. Yes. Random random curveball topic, I know. So uh, recently he's completed a £12 million transfer uh, to a Saudi team. Don't ask me which one. I don't know. No. No. Um, reported to be worth £700,000 a week. Yes. However, I've got an interesting fact slash kind of quiz for you. If yep. you do know the answer, I'll be very pissed off because I found this quite interesting. Uh, however, Jordan Henderson has played uh, seven goals, uh, sorry, seven games so far, scored none, but assisted four. Uh, and there's obviously a big hype around uh, Saudi Arabia and, and all the football around there and what the people that they're bringing in. Would you like to guess the average attendance oh. at the home games of these at this specific Saudi Arabian club that Jordan Henderson plays for? The average I think of the it, last so seven. I, I, so I also think he's there with Sadio Mane. So he's there with some big, big name players. Okay, I bet it's three and a half thousand. It is, you are overcompensating, sir. It is 976 fans is the average of the last seven games. Seriously? They are playing 700k and obviously 12 million pounds and a flat and all that kind of jazz. 976 fans is the average over the last seven games for Jordan Henderson. But he didn't go for the money. He went to raise awareness. Yes, which is bullshit. Man City lost to Wolves, dropping the first points of the season. Arsenal win big 4-0. Villa beat Brighton 6-1, giving Brighton their heaviest defeat or the biggest defeat in the Premier League. Championship, West Brom denied Preston top spot, winning away at Preston. And in League 2, Notts County lost 5-4 to Colchester away. Score four goals away from home and still lose is quite... Horrific, yeah. Rugby. So, going back into the privately owned equity, etc., etc. Jersey Reds that won the championship last season. They didn't get promoted because their ground didn't meet um, Premier League regulations to be able to play in the Premier, uh, the Premiership, not Premier League, in the Premiership. So they didn't get promoted, although they won the league. There were a few games into the, the Premiership Cup this year, which has incorporated the Premiership and the Championship. And Jersey Reds have folded with immediate effect on Wednesday, Thursday, which <laughs> there's always been, you know, I've been fortunate enough to go to a lot of the Donny Knights games. I've been to the sort of pre-match meals and, and with speakers and things. And, um, you know, they've always said that the, the money's never filtered down very well. And you've got a team that won the championship last year and have had to fold a few games into this season thinking that they could have got through, but they just haven't been able to. Yeah. And it, it kind of, that was going to lead me on to the Scunthorpe thing because the you have to have these lower leagues, these lower teams for people to come through. And there's just no funding, no nothing. And the gulf between, I mean, the, in, in rugby, they were trying to increase the premiership, trying to bring more teams into it, because there's only 10 teams and stuff, so they wanted to bring more into it. But they've got so many regulation and stipulations where 
grounds have got to be it's only like five uh, ten thousand which to say that the premier league football is regulation minimum five thousand so the premiership's ten thousand teams average less than ten thousand attendance and these teams can't go up and get the bigger money but are being relied upon to, to be there and you just can't yeah. do that yeah so big week in the world cup Wales beat Australia on Sunday night 40 to 6, securing their quarter final, all but knocking Australia out. Uruguay beat Nambia. Japan beat Samoa in a very tight game, 28 yeah. 22. Japan are having a good tournament. They are. They, Argentina beat Chile 59 5, and then now Argentina play Japan next weekend, and that is the decider of who comes second in that group. So the winner will qualify for the quarterfinals, which they will play Wales the following Saturday. New Zealand absolutely trounced Italy, 96-17. And I think that had to be the best New Zealand team against the worst Italian team because that game should have been so much closer. So, so much closer. Um Italy pushed France at the Six Nations, only beaten by a few points. France beat New Zealand, so you could see that game being, you know, probably contested within 20, 25 points. But, they, you know, they've stuck stuck 79 points on a, on a point difference on them. Scotland beat Romania 84-0, which for the first 20 minutes was nil-nil. Romania sort of held their own and pushed Scotland a little bit there, so... Romanian not having a good tournament at all. No, but they're not a, they're no, not no, a no. top-tier team either. Yeah. Um, Fiji beat Georgia and Australia beat Portugal to keep their hopes alive on a points-different basis. So um, one more weekend next weekend of the rugby and then we go into the next stages um, of the quarterfinals. Cricket. This week, the Men's World Cup, which is a 50-over format, starts. Um, England probably go into that as favourites with sort of Ben Stokes and um, people like that in the team. You you always put yourself in with a good shout. And boxing, Canelo um, beat Charlo on point quite convincingly. Uh, one one ref gave, gave him 11 rounds, another gave him... Uh, or the other two gave him 10 rounds of... So convincingly beat him and he also put him down in the seventh but the big one to come out of this week in the boxing news is Tyson Fury and Alexander Usic have signed a contract to fight each other so they both hold the belts for the heavyweight division so all of them are on the line so the winner will be the unified heavyweight world champion they will hold every heavyweight belt possible which no talk on when the fight will be. Apparently it's going to be in Saudi Arabia, which is a shame, but there's no talks on when or anything like that. So fingers crossed it's pre-Christmas. I, th- I can see it happening early December, if I'm completely honest. Yeah, the, the only benefit to uh, them fighting sort of in the Middle East is time difference is better for us, because I remember when... Yeah, I can't remember. Like the the Las Vegas fights and stuff like that, you've got to stop until like five AM UK it's, time. It's so, awful. Yeah. 
I mean, I mean, kind of like the the undercard will be starting at three p.m., four p.m., which is probably not great. But then, no main fight. But then you, nine, you main fight, would be, yeah, nine ten o'clock, which would be cool. So, so I was going to ask you. So, we nearly saw uh, the, the the biggest comeback in Ryder Cup history. Huge comeback. What's been probably in your eyes the biggest comeback and your favourite comeback in sports history oh my god you put me on the spot massively you'll you'll go away and you'll think of one but off the top of your head I have no idea I'll have to come back to you so, so for me I think what, 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 what do you think what do you, you, you I think the greatest comeback has to be Liverpool versus AC Milan in the Champions League final AC Milan were three 0 up at half time. Liverpool came back, scored three goals in the second half, went to penalties, and won on penalties. And and, and there's just part of me that they came out. Gerrard scored an early header, gets everyone going, and and then I think Didi Harman scored. You know, and and it was just that that fairy tale. And I'm not, you know, me. I'm very anti Liverpool and. It was just the perfect way to do it. And there's been like Barcelona came back against PSG in the quarterfinals, stuff like that over two legs. But this was one game, 3-0 down, Champions League final, everything on the line. For me, that's the greatest comeback. My favourite comeback was the Ryder Cup a few years ago in America. Just saying, miracle, yeah, miracle. Yeah, yeah, that's that that's my favourite. That you know, everything was just going the right way. That's probably my favourite. Any of them refresh your memory? Not particularly. <laughs> <laughs> um I mean I've watched, I've watched Barcelona, kind of. But I can't remember. You, you, you've you've thrown me completely off. But like Barcelona uh, versus PSG it was like a Champions League, um, Champions League group game or something like that. You know, where they play home and away, and and it was the second leg, and Barca was like four nil down or something and they won they won the second leg six one and they ended up putting through and it was it, I, I think, think it was like this quarter it was that team. was the quarter final semi final yeah. yeah it was the it was the team that had it was the team that had Luis uh, Messi in the middle uh Neymar on the left and Suarez on the right. Yeah. And I remember it was like a ninety fifth minute winner or something that put them put them over the edge and, and, and put them through to the next round or something like that. I remember watching that God, I don't even know when that was, but I do. Uh, yeah, um, I remember watching that. So, so yeah, they... I'm going to say that, but maybe I'll come back to you next week. Yeah, have a think. It's just that with 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 the USA one, I, I just kind of you know they nearly did it, and I just you know you've got there's a, there was a fight. I can't remember who he was fighting. Uh, Carl Froch many many years ago in his first USA fight, he'd been put down. He'd, he'd been you know he'd been bashed up for. 11 and a half rounds and then there's about 30 seconds left on the clock and he connects and he and he knocks his opponent out and and when you watch the fight back or you know you just watch the highlights however you want to watch it he's been battered for 11 and a half rounds and then at the end of the 12th round he lets off a flurry of punches and just knocks his opponent out and wins the fight on a knockout 
Yeah, you know, that that that's a good that's that's a good fight. I like Carl Froch. He he did it with um, Kessler. He lost the first fight and he went back and avenged it and, and won the second fight. That was a good comeback. But in terms of like greatest comebacks, I think there'll be. Oh, a couple of years ago, there was one in the uh, Super Bowl. There was a team down. I think it was like thirty-one-three at half time, something silly like that. And 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 they came back and, and put like forty points on the board unanswered, um, in, in a Super Bowl final. I always think in a final, that's you know that's the clutch moments. That's when you yeah you've got. To I think up. yeah, like like it kind of is a comeback, kind of isn't a comeback. I mean, like I remember watching and and I remember. You always remember when you got. You always remember when you got goosebumps. So, like yeah. when when Man City uh, went up against QPR to win the Premier League, and that famous mm. Aguero, that kind of thing. Yeah. Like it, it, it kind of was a comeback, kind of wasn't a comeback. I mean, they were behind and they needed a goal, and Man, Man United have all but won it. Um, and in the ninety whatever minute, Aguero scored and took his top off, and that was it. That was that was Man City off on an absolute run that, that obviously still continues to this day. Um, and you've got Wolves when Dini when when they saved the penalty and Dini went up the other end and scored. Yeah, like th- those kind of like what the fuck moments. What what am I actually watching here? Like so, the, the backs are against the wall. That, almost that year with uh, Troy Deeney, um, when he did that, the same year, Doncaster Rovers had the same with Brentford, um, mm. and uh, I think it was Jamie Jamie Hater that went up the other end and might have even been Cops that went up the other end and scored in 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 the semi final of the playoffs to reach the final. And obviously, Deeney did it the following week for for Watford. So it was like no one remembers the Donny one, but it happened exactly the same way. Saved a penalty, really? went on the other end, scored. Yeah, and then and then you fast forward, what ten years, maybe twelve years, and um, Brentford are in the Premier League and Donny bottom five of League Two. Um, the NFL one, it was um, twenty seventeen. Atlanta Falcons against New England Patriots. The Falcons were up 28-3 going into the fourth quarter. And then uh, it finished 28-28 at the end of the game. And then uh, Patriots won in overtime 34-28. So it was actually the fourth quarter that uh, all that happened in. So that was that was up there. That was probably the biggest ever NFL comeback. Yeah. I mean, did did Tiger Woods not win the Master after all his kind of his time out and He did, yeah, he did, yeah. Um, like, you, if you talk about comebacks, is it is it specifically in the in that game? Like, you go into halftime six 0 down and you win seven six. But yeah, like in terms of comebacks, like he spent something ridiculous, like six hundred and eighty odd weeks at, at number one, world number one, and then had an unbelievable fall from grace. He had, obviously, massive injury, massive personal problems, drinking problems, and then came back and then won a Masters as if nothing had happened. Yeah, 2019, and um, took it tight as well. Um, and that year, the sort of top 10 of, of that tournament as well, Tiger Woods, Alexander Chauffelet, Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka, Webb Simpson, Molinari that, that, that has won majors since, Jason Day, you know Tony Fennell, John Rahm, Ricky Fowler, you know that was there wasn't a, a <laughs> there wasn't a big 
you know, every name up there was, was standout players. So to come back from everything that he did, back surgery, you know, that, that car crash that he had, everything that went on around his private life, he's, he's done phenomenal. Yeah. So not a problem. Well, I will catch you next week and we'll have more around the world of football and rugby. There'll be Formula One, one race yeah. on. Yeah. So I always, miss, I always miss it when it's not on, but then I kind of feel like I get my Sundays, like I get to do whatever I want on a Sunday and not be tied down to the television at certain times. But we're in Qatar next week, so 6 p.m.'s the race. So we may may not catch it on the pod. Um, but it's it's better because you kind of get the best of both worlds. You get some F1, but then you will get, get, get the results the following week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, no, we're all the best, and I will catch you next week. Take care. See you later.